This episode is supported in part by our friends on Patreon. To show your support, visit patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the Code Monkey Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. In this week's episode, Apple declares no escape, cows may be a little gassy, and self-driving beer is the world we now live in. All this and more, so sit back, relax, and play tenor sax. I'm Kevin Giese, and joining me after oh. two weeks stranded on a desert island, it's Alex Bragdon. No, Flash is trying to update. What? Stop it, Flash. <laughs> no. Go away. Okay, I killed it. What the heck just happened, Alex? Are you okay? Flash tried to update. Okay, well... I, 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 I only let uh, the Scarlet Witch update. Flash and... Um... Flash and Java and Windows all decided that they wanted to update while I was prepping for the podcast. Oh, which was fine. Which is great. If you, I'm assuming you're going to hear more dings coming through your headphones at some point, where it's like, "Hey, we discovered some other thing that wants to be the, like." I own a computer. Ding. Like owning a computer right now is just being a landlord for software to do whatever the heck it wants. It's not there <laughs> for your benefit anymore. <laughs> You are just giving it space to, I don't know, take over the world. Uh, Become I mean, Skynet. That's all I do anyway. So, right. you know, I, 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 you can't really complain. It's just doing what you do. <sighs> yeah. uh, but how are you, Kevin? I'm doing well. How are you, man? I, well, I'm well. Well? I'm a well. Cool. I'm a well of information. Are you a well, actually? Uh, no. Okay. How was uh, how was Buffer away. Festival? You were away at Buffer Festival, stranded on I a was. desert island, according to the show intro, which is, of course, the most authoritative thing that we have on this podcast. The thing is, most is approximating Canadi- truth. Is Canada an island? Canada is Canada is an it island. It is. It's an island with this big like lump growing out of the bottom of it. Oh, well, uh, what well, that, that's a problem. I know. I mean, I was on an island. I almost died on an island. You almost if died said, on an island. I almost died on an island. Yeah, uh, I flew into an airport that was on an island connected via a tunnel to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And the landing was the worst landing I've ever been part of. And it was the second attempt at landing. So we had one oh bad attempt at landing where we took off again. And then we came around for another pass. And it was worse, but we landed this time. Wow. What Was yeah. the weather bad? Was the pilot a yes. noob? What was the deal? No. It was it was a, it was a bad weather situation. There was a horrible crosswind. Okay. Uh, and it was like just at the threshold where like we probably should have a, like the captain was like we we we're good but barely. So we're going to we're going to go. Like so I I got to ask you a question. Do you prefer when the captains are honest or when yes. they're tactful? Yeah. No. Yeah. If I'm gonna die, I want to know I'm gonna die. That's that's fair. To be honest, like I feel like every time, every time we land, especially especially in New York, I hated going into LaGuardia, just because you're mm. coming down over the ocean. Yep. And there have been the yep. times where like they took off and they're like, oh no, it's icy. We're not actually taking off. We're going straight into the river and freezing to death. Like <laughs> it's like every time I'm landing, I'm just like, it's fine. It's fine. I just like start seeing my life flash before my eyes. Like not in a panicky I mean, sort it wasn't of way. That bad. In a peaceful sort of way. Like, you know what? Bad. I'm just gonna be calm and happy and enjoy my last few moments. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It the first time the first landing was or the first landing attempt was pretty rough, but I was okay. Like, I've been through rough landing attempts. I was like, it'll all be over in a second. It'll mm-hmm. be all over in a second. And then we, like, all of a sudden we, like, gunned it. And I was, like, thrown back in my seat oh, like man. an astronaut for a second. And I was like, oh, boy. Well, it's not going to be over shortly. Uh, well, so I'm curious. Do you, do, you, do you have a sense of, like, how many Gs they pulled? Because there's actually, no. they have a pretty. Less than one. They, that's Less the thing is they have one. a pretty crazy restriction on what they're able to do with commercial jets. Like the, yeah. the jets no, but can it, do it, a lot. They're just not allowed to because, you know, I right. don't know, diabetes or something. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know. There what was one lady who like had to be tolerant. taken off the plane in a on a stretcher. What? Like we had to wait for emergency services because. Oh, wow. Like she had a panic attack, I think. Oh, uh, okay. But, uh. Yeah, it was, it was so the the airplane travel was the most eventful thing. And then I was kind of like sick, so I slept a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I went to all the things I planned to go on, but I didn't really do anything else. I just kind of like slept and that was it. I hung out with Damien. Well, hey, sleep is sometimes sometimes good. And yeah, and Damien, how's Damien? How He's was his fine. flight? I'm curious. Let's let the, the listeners want to know. How was Damien's flight? Uh, his was fine. 
Really? Although he had... Well, that seems yeah. weird because you would think that you'd be experiencing the same weather. No, he went to a different airport. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. You'd still think there, the weather to, would be... Toronto has two airports. Right. Also, he got in like six systems. hours before I did. Ah, okay. There you go. So, yeah. Well, and yeah. so you've also been doing a lot of Twitch streaming. I no, I haven't. Yeah, I did one Twitch stream. That was where I wanted to make fun of you. Many the whole point was to make fun of you. <laughs> yes, I, I I caught on. I caught on to that. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, I I got further than Kevin did in like 37 30, half hour episodes in 45 minutes. It's 12 episodes, and I have been doing the voices, Alex. <laughs> also reading the text. Yes, uh, yeah. So Alex, of course, streamed Undertale. For those who, uh, do, Alex, do you archive your Twitch streams? Can people go and take a look on your channel? I don't know. Maybe. All right. I well, didn't... then it's time for me to look so that I can tell our listeners. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be charitable and promo you. And I stuff. don't know things. I just was like, hey, I'm bored. Let's do this. Well, because you, if you if you set it up, it will be archived for the next like thirty days. Well, I'm going to look now. Uh, videos. Nope. You did not archive your stuff. Channel and videos. Nope. There are no videos no. for Alex Bragdon. I mean, it wasn't particularly a good like thing I cared about keeping. I just wanted to laugh at you. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, it was, it <laughs> no, was very I enjoyable. We, I got to watch Alex have salad thrown at him, which yeah, was, yeah, which was very, very happen. amusing. <laughs> that did happen. Incredibly uh, entertaining experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, <laughs> I should I should actually go back and beat Muffet the real way because I didn't save after that. So Kevin got to a boss, which he's as far as I know still stuck on. Oh, you'd be surprised. I, I, what? You'd be surprised. Put on a, put oh. on an audio book. Don't listen to the game and just sit there and repetitively do the thing for like two hours. And it's really easy to get done. With it took that. you two hours. <laughs> it took me about an I, hour. Okay. Just doing the thing over and over and over and over again. Because I'm not good, good at the hand-eye coordination, like timing, skill-based things. <laughs> I'm glad you got through it. I'm, I'm excited to see. Have you beaten the game? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. No. There's, well, there's... you you won't have. When you think you beat the game, you won't have beaten the game. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. You, <laughs> I, I know that because you're sort of locked into an ending now. I know what ending you're going to get, basically. Uh-huh. Right. And it won't be the real ending. Well, So, do you consider the pacifist ending the real ending? Yes. Okay. That that is canonically, canonically. the real ending. What? What? Yes. Okay. So, yes. so Spoo, according to the creator, Spoo in, the in the chat is accusing you, Alex, of uh, living la vida navads. What? Uh, no, no vods, because you didn't record any vods on your channel. Oh. So, so you know no. what that is, Alex? That is that is time discrimination. You're discriminatory against those what who the- do not have free time at the exact time you want to stream, and it's very, no, it's very no, offensive. No. I, I'm only I'm only discriminating against those who don't have access to time travel like myself. Ah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Which yeah. is everybody other than yourself, right? No, 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 no. There's loads of us. There are others of you. Th- there's conventions. Really? Yeah. What what time is the yeah. convention? What, well, there's only one. <laughs> right. It just, it, it just. Oh my god, that's actually brilliant. How, like, how I mean, cool, why, just why a, would you need more than one time travel No, convention? no, no, that makes complete sense. But, like, how could, just as, like, a premise for a story or something, just, like, the <laughs> idea that there is one, like, the Comic-Con of time travel. I mean, there is. Just, <laughs> it's not a story. I mean, it's what happens. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's fun. It's a good time. Oh, uh-huh. man. All right, we should get into some of our stories. Um, now, why? Well, because no, we've been doing like just... fifteen minutes of human interest stuff. You know what? Human interests. Well, what, like uh, well, actually, before we, before we laptops? move on, what was what was life with uh, what, what what was it like at uh, Buffer Festival? What was the what was the experience? Because you've been now to all of the Buffer Festivals. Yes, I, I went to the first one with you. Well, not yeah. with you, but we spent a lot of time hanging out. Yeah. How has the experience been? So for so for our listeners who don't know what buffering is. Um, one, I want their internet, and two, what is Buffer Festival like, Alex? Uh, it is you sit in the theater and watch a bunch of YouTube videos, and that's basically the same premise that it's been the whole time, and it's pretty great. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, 
I mean, the first year they used they did it by like creator. So like Wheezy Waiter had a screening, and you just watched Wheezy Waiter videos with him like commentating. Also and, sounds and every and the the, the the videos like or the screenings and stuff that have happened in years since have been like now this is the comedy screening. So it would be like Wheezy Waiter and like Jack's Films and like so like all the a whole bunch of different people who make comedy videos and they that you watch more than just one creator. So it's more like content focused Mm. um, and they're continuing to move in the direction of like, let's be more focused on content rather than people who make the content. Right. I think it's good. I remember it being pretty fun. I liked, um, it reminded me of back in high school when you would gather around with a couple of friends and watch like Newgrounds videos. Oh yeah. It's totally like that. Cause like, I think, I think now, at least for me, watching YouTube videos is a private experience, right? Oh yeah, like you know, uh, almost. Someone's almost making stuff entirely. and it's and it's funny, and I'm like chuckling to myself. But you don't generally laughing is a social thing. You tend not to laugh out loud as much unless you're in a group. Yeah, um, yeah, as much. And yeah. so I feel like the the experience of, of watching videos with people something you don't always get. And I thought that was like a really cool thing about this about the, the hmm. festival. Yeah. It's good. It's a good time. I'd recommend it if you have the time and the means and the money and the potatoes and the not dead and you are allowed into Canada. That's that's a big thing. Remember, even if your state doesn't consider DUIs a felony, can't get into Canada. So don't. don't is is that why you didn't go, Kevin? Then, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to encourage people not to drink and drive. But fine, turn that turn that around on me. I mean, I it's no, an awful specific what, no, thing to bring drive. up. Just after you went to Canada, no, no. or didn't go to Canada, <laughs> Canada won't let me. Mm. I was walking under the influence, Alex. That's what was going on. <laughs> well, I mean, public intoxication, Kevin. Public intoxication. Uh, is that? I, I feel like that's one of those ones that's on the books, so they can arrest you if they need a reason to arrest you, but generally is not enforced. Well, I mean, if they can tell, usually you're doing something pretty like. Yeah. Well, like if you're walking a little zigzaggy and you're staying on the sidewalk, no, like they don't, I don't care. I mean, that's not even really, I don't think enough for them to tell. Right, I but mean, it I is think public, you, you are being stupid. publicly intoxicated. Like if you are annoying people or harassing people or whatever, then yeah, that's a charge that they can use. But I don't think it's generally like they're going around and be like, oh, we're going to get all the people. Like, oh, no, breathe into this breathalyzer because you, you you stumbled a little bit. Nope, busted. <laughs> Taking you well, in. Well, that's, that's exactly. Exactly. Tough I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to be able to tell that you just because you stumbled a little bit that you were publicly intoxicated. Right. Well, you stumble a lot, though. You can you can tell. How often have you been publicly intoxicated? How many how Kevin? many college campuses do you live around, Alex? You can tell the publicly intoxicated, but nonviolent, <laughs> yes. like non-problematic people. Like you can tell that they're completely mm. drunk. There there's a there's a line between completely drunk and like completely drunk and a problem. I honestly don't know how many college campuses I live around. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Boston is just a college campus. It's one big college campus. Yeah. 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 So Alex, speaking of college yeah. campuses, Cow Farts yeah. is in the is in our show notes. Yeah, you're the one who put that in. You go ahead and talk about that. Well, see, the thing is I like I didn't want to like I, I I thought about taking it down to like slightly more pleasant language, but like, I don't even know what you would say. Anyway, researchers in Australia have discovered that seaweed, Asparagosis taxiformis, I'm assuming, Alex is shuddering. Is seaweed disgusting? Well, I I wasn't expecting you to start talking about seaweed, but go on. Okay. When mixed into livestock feed in small amounts, reduced methane emissions from sheep by up to 80%. Livestock burps and farts account for 5% of all global greenhouse gas emissions, Bataglia said. The total contribution from land transportation is 10%, so we're talking about the equivalent of half the vehicles in the world. It's not a trivial number. Yeah, I agree. So this is cool. When did we become a biology podcast? Um, now. Oh, okay, good. I'd like to talk about CRISPR. I'd like to talk about mitosis. I don't know. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't remember much from biology, honestly. Oh, I feel, okay. I feel well, bad about uh, it. You should become a biologist, then you'll learn more. But this is actually like this. This is shocking to me. And I, I, Alex, I want you to explain this to me. How does seaweed get rid of like all of the methane? How, how? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a chemist. I'm sure there's some sort of chemical reaction that's going on in those animal stomachs. Okay, that's good. That's good. Some I'm sort learning. Of I'm learning. 
protein or amino acid in the seaweed that bonds chemically to the methane and produces not methane. That is a lot for you to not know anything about. <laughs> I'm very impressed. I mean, I don't know that it's a protein or an amino acid, but I have to guess it's one of those things. But this does Could seem like some the, other type of molecule. This has got to be huge, though. I mean, obviously, the when so looking at, I mean, 5% of global greenhouse gases and then 10% is vehicles. The shocking thing for me is that 85% is none of those things. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not That's shocking. It's more just important. Because it's taken 100 years for us to start having like noticeable effects of like industrialization. It's, right relatively a small amount but it's a very fine balance no 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 i'm just saying that from the oh oh no i guess i, I see what you're saying I, I guess i was assuming that there was a significant percentage that was just like industrial non-transport non-agricultural mm, no no so like i mean i think smokestacks basically yeah. that are outside of that 15 <clears> percent that are contributing yeah. to far more of that i mean the problem the biggest problem it's sort of the long-term Can you say effects. it in an Al gore voice? I don't know what Al Gore sounds like. Okay. It's a very, very uh, difficult impression to do. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I honestly can't think of his voice even in my head Lock right boxes. now. I have no idea. Okay. Um, But so the problems I think we have with global warming is that it's not necessarily what humans are going to cause directly it's the chain reaction it's because right. everything is such a very in very fine balance that we're raising the temperature a little bit which is starting to melt water which is starting to release like frozen methane in sort of tundras and for that's this, gonna for the non-experts what? or frethane for the non-experts yeah yep frethane um and then that that frozen methane is going to get released in the atmosphere and it's going to raise even higher which is going to like release even more frozen frozen methane or frethane. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's a bunch of other things that happen as sort of like a, a down the river sort of like cascade right. that is going to really blow things out of proportion. We're not raising the, the temperature more than a few degrees. Um, Although and we're not raising going outside. I'm not a fan of what we've done thus far. I guess <laughs> it's unpleasant a lot of the time now. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there may be other reasons for that, but yes, I agree. I mean, I, I think we're starting to see direct impacts. I mean, it's it's hard because there's, there's a huge argument that like there are cycles to how yeah. the climate works and there are cycles. Yeah. So it's trying to like parse what we're changing and what is just changing as part of a natural cycle of things. Well, yeah, and I, I obviously think this all changes on a on a scale that is unfortunately not the same as our scale. It's the same as us trying to understand yeah, yeah. the cosmos or trying to understand. Mm, it's better. Know, than, it's easier than that. Um, it, it's like one human lifetime. This changes on the scale of a single human lifetime. Right, but our memories um, don't work over the course. But you can't right. go. Oh yeah, when I was two, right. it was colder. You know, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I agree. But like the cosmos works on the scale of civilization's lifetime. Yeah, no, and, I'm just saying or, from, or the, from the perspective of um, of just our difficulty to 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 intuitively understand. Things yeah, like yeah, this. I guess. Um, I mean, we can't really intuitively in the same way that we can't really understand you know, the quantum world either. Oh, I can. Um, oh well. <laughs> okay, you excluded. <laughs> I mean, I think there are a lot of people, Kevin. I think I, no, I, mean, I think time we can analytically convention. understand some things. Um, yeah. In the same way that we can understand uh, infrared, right? I we can I, understand yeah. infrared through through tools and by and by those tools presenting an analogy of what infrared light looks like. Um, and you see or a lot of the a lot of the photos that we take of of nebulae and everything aren't actually that's not what the light is. The light is shifted yeah. into a spectrum We've, that we totally yeah. can't see and maybe we'll never ever be able to see. Uh, you, yeah, maybe, maybe you're, you're doubting robots. No, you're I'm doubting <laughs> robot. You, you anti-cyborg. No, but even then, that would be simply translating some a, a sensation into a realm that we can't understand through analogy. I mean, if you remove your eyes and install new eyes, I'm not certain that that's that's not. A, I don't know. I don't know. There's a deeper philosophical there debate is, about there's that. There's definitely then. an argument. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we won't go down that road. 
Uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Yes, yes, yes. I I don't know. Okay. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I'm all over the place right now. Fair enough. Where 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 are the other places you're you're at right now? <sighs> well, I mean, it's a probability distribution like all quantum systems. So, right. I mean, everywhere <laughs> technically. <laughs> With certain probabilities. Oh, man. Um, well, so, Alex, uh, you sound drunk. Let's talk about self-driving cars with beer. <laughs> I am not drunk. I am making an effort to, to do a transition into every story this episode. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> no. So this is you, a story uh, from me. Bloomberg that, Alex, you should be kind of excited about, I think. I mean, I mean we should why? both be excited about it. Uh, a tractor trailer full of beer drove itself down Colorado's I-25 last week with nobody behind the wheel. It was immediately pulled over for drunk driving. With the police cruiser in tow, the 18-wheeler cruised more than 120 miles while a truck driver hung out and back in the sleeper cab, the company said. The delivery appears to be mostly a stunt, proof that Auto, the self-driving vehicle group that Uber acquired in July, could successfully put an autonomous truck into the wild. I like the idea of just releasing trucks into the wild. Like, go be free! This Take good, this beer. I mean, <laughs> You'll be fine. It's kind of a we're kind of at a weird state with self-driving now because you can go to the store right now and buy a totally self-driving car. Oh, there are Tesla stories you, we should have put in here, shouldn't aren't there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I figured there, I there's watched, a transition. I haven't watched that. Alex, tell tell because I I've I've been meaning to watch it. Every time I see the Tesla thing, I go and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a video. I need to come back when I have time to actually listen to it. And I, so I have, I mean, I'm not. So do you, do you me mean the, the video of the self-driving Tesla? Explain what happened. So, so there's us. two things. There's an article. So Elon Musk and co released an article uh, last week. Uh, I think before like right around Wednesday. I don't remember exactly. It was like, I think Wednesday of last week uh, that said all Tesla's shipping now and forever uh, are now fully self-driving. So they can drive like themselves anywhere. Uh, Hardware-wise. So they have all of the cameras and all the sensors and all the things that are required to drive themselves. And the software will be unlocked when they've perfected and had it like... it's do So it's learning right now. So if you're so a hacker like a whole right now... <laughs> what? So if you're a hacker, everybody's yes. Tesla is ownable. <laughs> well, I mean, they they have been they've been drive by wire since they've been invented. Right. Like they've always been drive by wire. This is nothing new. Right. Um, so there's sort of a big AI self learning program initiative that Tesla was sort of launching with this, where all the cars are now watching everyone drive. So if you have a Tesla, it is watching you drive, uh, and it's sending all that information back to a big sort of learning algorithm that is perfecting a, the are autonomous driving. Tesla users for this data. No, well, no. I think you can opt out of it. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I, I think I'm it's on by default. Like, you can I, honestly, like, I can see the argument for both, but I like I I would actually be kind of frustrated. But like I, I could feel that there's an argument to be made for like no, like I don't want like yeah I, I not that's not yeah. that was not that was not something when I bought the car. Like I can understand if you did that. Well, 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 it. It's not retroactive, so it's oh, only oh, with okay. new cars that were bought since, like, around Wednesday. Okay. Um, so it, it depends. So Because they started putting a whole suite of other cameras and sensors and junk in the car to make it fully self-driving. So if you are a hacker, you can probably find some setting somewhere to turn on self-driving mode. It's probably, there's enough data probably there to make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's doing all this learning and, like, stuff. They put... An NVIDIA supercomputer in every single car, which is pretty fantastic. Nice. Like, um, and yeah, they put up a video of the car driving around California, basically. So it was like an employee getting in this car and driving to the Tesla, like offices, getting out, going inside in the car, going and finding a parking spot. Um, and like it did this really cool thing where it drove by a handicap space and like detected that it was a handicap space by reading the sign <laughs> of its cameras and didn't park there. Which is funny because OCR parked. is almost as much of a pain of a problem. I guess not not with printed signs. No, it's OCR. <laughs> yeah, with printed with printed material, it's great. Right. OCR has been great for decades right. with printed material. Right. But all, but uh, in, in, in 3D space, it's a little bit trickier. And with printed material, it's fine. Sure. Um, and with like glare and reflections and, and stuff like that. And knowing that, yeah, knowing that sign. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I really want to see one of these stories where like, hey, so 
up in the upper peninsula of Michigan and we now have a fleet of self-driving cars because you you're like that I think is the test like it well, is so, it is or like in you know up in the mountains of Vermont we have a whole bunch of trucks self-driving like that would be an impressive story to me they can theoretically drive entirely on their ultrasonic like sensors and radar stuff so yeah. like they don't need the cameras really theoretically except for like traffic lights and signs what about pedestrians? What sort of R- radar? You can you well they radar, they can build a three D particle is snow, no, no, no. They, snow is a problem. They, radar. Well, so they can build a three D particle map right. using the ultrasonic sensors. Okay. So yeah. you just okay mm, maybe I don't know I'm just th- that to me has always seemed like the huge blocker. I'm like, can you drive in? Sleet and hail and rain and crazy snow. Like if, well, I mean, if they say yes, I would love like to Uber's see. Doing I would love. I just I want to see a video of a Tesla driving in whiteout conditions. That's all I want to see, and then I'll be like, okay, You'll I'm get totally that. on board. It's the future. We're there. We've won. We've defeated humans. Hooray! So the, I mean, the biggest takeaway from this is that, well, for me, the biggest takeaway is that the car I pre-ordered will have fully <laughs> self-driving tech right. in it when I buy it. But the other biggest takeaway is that. Tesla has said, as long as regulators have approved us, we will launch this in 2018. By the end of 2018. Oh, man. That's uh, crazy. Well, that's the so, regulators have approved us is the thing, right? Yeah. This yeah. Is the thing. Like, this is, there are all we these finally cool have a stories. company that says, we want to launch by now. Can we do that? And that will trigger a bunch of things. Will it, though? I, yeah, I think it will. Because before now, it's been like a lot of planning, like we know companies are getting ready and like, but now we have a major company that says we want to launch. The government is holding us up. I guess we have the technology. (laughs) I guess my fear is that this is going to be uh, like recreational marijuana and that it's going to be like one state and slowly another. It's going to be like the slow, plotting, terrible thing. I feel like basically what, what Tesla ought to do. Is but just I roll them it. all out and let somebody sue them and then have the Supreme Court say, no, it's fine. <laughs> You're killing fewer people than people are. It's totally fine. And then just right. like, you know, like the, like the gay marriage thing. Just like, let's take it to the Supreme Court because that's how we get stuff done anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's a whole big, like, weird political issue that we right. probably don't want to get into. Fair enough. Um, but that is that's an have interesting the, point. Have the, so have the, the candidates said anything about self-driving cars? <laughs> No, I don't know. All right. Um, you know, single issue voter over here. <laughs> I'm all really? about. Really? I've already about, voted. I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't drive, man. Self-driving cars are kind of like a, hey. Yeah, okay. th- I mean, for me, they're, they're kind of the equivalent of like wheelchairs for paraplegics, I guess. Uh, I think Elon Musk has endorsed a candidate. Let me check. <laughs> okay. Well, I, th- think. Th- I was thinking more the reverse, though. Well, wh- why would he endorse a candidate who doesn't agree with his company but I, I don't know whatever uh we're gonna move on okay moving uh, on cbs has said we are extremely happy no, with no, the creative no, direction no 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 no, 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 no. I, wanted to, I wanted to say something about the self-driving cars i thought you wanted to move on all right no i, I wanted to move on from to politics speed us away from trumpian clintonian I, dialogue yes no i was trying to yeah um, so the reason they're targeting the 2018 launch date is because that's when they they believe they and this is like their condition for launch mm-hmm. is when the self-driving car is twice as safe as a human. So right. it will get into it will kill twice as twice less as few humans. <laughs> it will, it will as, actively murder and stab to death twice as few people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it will it will get into twice or half as many accidents well, so and I half have, as many fatal. I have a fan theory, Alex. Yeah. And one of the reasons that SpaceX exists is because we are so unconfident in the US government's ability to approve this tech that we we are just figuring out another planet on which to drive Why these cars. Why are we going back to politics, Kevin? <laughs> no, You're the one who doesn't want to no, talk about I'm politics. I'm just saying this is, we 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 will go to Mars because then we can use our self-driving cars without yeah. someone <laughs> want to send to Mars already right. influencing us. CBS has said, <laughs> we are extremely happy with the creative direction of Star... Alex, are you sitting down? I... No. Okay. You should sit down, because this, this is some depressing news. You in particular are going to be sad about this. 
I, I don't I don't understand why, but okay, continue. We are extremely happy with the creative direction of Star Trek Discovery and the strong foundation that Brian Fuller has helped us create for the series, says CBS. Due to Brian's other projects, Brian, by the way, spells his name with a Y, which is weird. He is no Who longer- Who is a- Brian Fuller, by the way? Mm-hmm. You should probably clarify what you're talking about. He's a dude. He's no longer able to oversee the day-to-day of Star Trek. Much like yeah. us all, like really, like you skip weeks and stuff. Anyway, I could, but he remains I, I an executive producer and will continue to map out the story arc for the entire season. So Brian Fuller, the person that Alex really likes, and the person who was like Alex was like, I'm nervous about Star Trek Discovery, but it's Brian Fuller running it, so it's going to be fine. Now who is, it's not. Clarify who Brian Fuller is. He's the dude who was going to run Star Trek Discovery and now isn't. Right, but what did you do before? He made you excited about other shows that you liked. Like what? Like Netflixy ones. So you're just going based on what I said? It's just relevant to your interests, Alex. I'm trying to take. I'm trying to be a good friend. I. I yes, I agree. Like, thank you. You're but welcome. What else? Like, why are you upset? I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge how much you know about Brian Fuller. I don't know enough about Brian Fuller. I do okay. know. I do know that a shakeup in the creative direction generally is not a great sign, especially that especially yeah. it seems that this project has been kind of hamstrung by CBS to begin with, um, with the whole like, hey, we're not going to release it on TV. We're going to release it in the secret lockbox that you have to pay us a lot well, of money to get into. So, the, so they're giving them like $9 million an episode, which is fine. That's mm-hmm. a like the only like the only reason I'm worried about the sort of like online distribution is getting a second season. Right. Um, because they're not underspending on the show. They're spending as much as they would on a regular show, and they're actually giving them a fair amount of money, I $9 just, million sorry, dollars I, an episode. I hate to cut you off, Alex, but we have uh, breaking news just in. Uh, Spoo in the chat uh, is announcing, uh, breaking, Elon Musk is going to unveil himself at sunset. <laughs> so, I just figured that what? was worth sharing for everybody. You heard it here okay. first, folks. I'm scared. I know, me too. I'm scared. <laughs> He's finally flipped. I don't know what's going on. Poor Elon. Uh, we hope he gets help. Oh, the solar roof is launching tomorrow. Um. Anyway, uh, I'm thinking about things. What was I? Star oh, Trek. yeah, Brian Fuller. Yes. Um. So, yeah. So, Brian Fuller. Yeah, no. So, Star the, Trek. He invented the Brian Fullerine. No. So, <laughs> that was Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> he, Brian Fuller, like, wrote on Deep Space Nine. He wrote two episodes. Um. But the real big thing he did with like Star Trek was he was a co-producer on Star Trek Voyager and he wrote like a million episodes. Um, that is so not as good w- a credential to other people as it is to, to us, I think. Well, y- yes, <laughs> I agree. I realize this, but like he worked on Voyager, like mm. he didn't work on Enterprise. So like, well, there you go. So they, that's, you know, <laughs> but um. So I, I, to be honest, I believe the, I, so he's, he's good. Um, he's apparently they've already sketched out like the full season story arc and like most of the people, like the show has a very good skeleton on it right now. Mm. Um, that he's created and I can understand him stepping down as the show writer because originally this book was supposed to air in January. Right. Um, so he would, he had committed to doing like work on the show up through December. So for the another two months and then he has other shows he's doing and he had other like contracts and stuff. But Alex, if you have the opportunity to run Star Trek, wouldn't you but set aside your other priorities? I would, I yeah, would. That's because you, yeah, I would trust you to produce Star Trek Discovery. This Brian Fuller guy, either he's bailing or CBS is, is kicking him out. Either I don't think is CBS is news. kicking him out. If he's bailing, I don't think then I think CBS he shouldn't is. have been trusted with it in the first place. I I don't think he's bailing. I, he's not bailing. He's going to still be a producer on it. Also, he's I gonna, just want to warn people, be, this is the closest that we have to Space News this episode, which is very weird. Well, that's not true. It totally is. Well, we haven't talked about the MacBooks yet. That's um, not Space Fine. Yes, right, it, well, well, we haven't gotten there yet. It's not Space Bar News. It's Escape News. Anyway. <laughs> no, whatever. Uh, so Brian Fuller... I, I like he worked on Voyager, so I was excited because someone who worked on Voyager was like working on the new Star Trek. So it at least had some tie to like the next generation theme. But like the basic skeleton of the show has been set in place. He's going to continue to work as a writer and as like a, an executive producer. So like he's still going to be 
very involved. He's just not going to be the day-to-day activity runner because right. he had other contracts and other shows that he had to make. Maybe. So, like, I don't think it's as big a deal. Um, I could be horribly wrong. No, I mean, but, it, it, it could be it could be an, an absolute non-story, but generally, I don't know, just the idea of seeing, like, administrative shakeups in something that is still so far away from launch and is still, like, there's are there are already reasons why it's risky, why it may not get a second season, even if everything was amazing. Right. Like, that's the really frustrating thing, is that this could be the greatest thing on Earth, but because of CBS, it, well, it could, wouldn't be on Earth. It could be not. Well, right. The point is, it well, wouldn't be on know. Earth. You don't know. You don't know, Alex. Unless unless you become uh, I, showrunner and then declare none I of the mean, episodes can evolve. One of Earth. one of the characters is a Klingon. Yeah, so it's not set on Earth. on Earth, Alex. No, they're not. Think about when this series is set. It's set before the original series. Yeah, they're in disguise. They're doing recon, <laughs> Alex. Duh. No, no, Kevin. No. We should watch together. We should commentate. We should do one of those things where we like record audio. We should co- commentate on the Star Trek epi- Enterprise episode where the Klingons lose their ridges. I'm for a while. <laughs> I don't think I want to watch Enterprise anymore. <laughs> Have you seen any of it? I I know because I'm still I'm still finishing up Deep Space Nine. It, it's the last oh, okay. one I have. How is how is Space Nine? Have huh? Have you seen the animated series of Star Trek? Star Trek. I've not seen the animated. animated? Series, no. Yeah, that's on my list. Well, as that's well. not the last thing. No, uh, what do you think about uh, Deep Space Nine? How far are you in? Uh, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've since I've been actively watching. Mm. I've been reading books Alex, and stuff, Alex. I've no, been being all, watch Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Deep Space Nine is so good. What was, what was the last thing you remember? I of Garrick. That's the Taylor. Uh, no, it was after. It was after that. It was. Um, what, what do you mean uh, after no, that? He's episode, in a bunch of episodes. No, the last episode I remember, I think, is the one with uh, with Jake going like, "Oh wow, war sucks." And oh, good. Yeah. So you're in the you're in the height of the Dominion War. That's good. Yeah. Is it? How could you stop there? Have you set, seen in the pale moonlight yet? I don't know. Uh, have you met like Frank Sinatra? Oh, Vic Fontaine. No, I haven't met Vic, Vic Fontaine yet. Uh, well, how do you know who Vic Fontaine is? Because I had <laughs> Star Trek magazines as a kid, man. I know. <laughs> Everything is ruined. No, this was back before this was back before Netflix or anything was the case. So it was like I can I can want to watch D Space Nine, but it's not on, so I can't I just guess I won't see D Space well, Nine then. <laughs> call up CBS and tell them to air a full season <laughs> online behind back. some crazy paywall. All right, no, so we have no. we have stalled a fair bit, Alex, but I think it's time to address the corporate elephant in the room. Yeah. And discuss just how disappointed you obviously are with uh, Apple. The computer I just ordered? Yep. Why would I be disappointed with so the computer I just ordered? How miserable are you, Alex? Like, do you, do you need a hug? Are you okay? I, I, I don't understand why I would be upset about the great computer I just ordered. So Apple has uh, updated their laptops to updated the Updated is a strong no word. Modified. <laughs> Okay, I, I'll, you I'll tell the modified. story. No, no, no. You go tell ahead. the no, story. No, I want to criticize. I don't want to actually tell the story. I just want to butt okay. in with, with so, corrections. They have upgraded um, to the latest generation of Intel processors. Yay. Uh, sixth generation Skylakes. They figured um, one so thing they out. Have been I mean, Intel Pro. did it for them, but. <laughs> they uh, have reduced the overall volume of the MacBook Pros by about somewhere between 17 and 25%, depending on the model. Which is frustrating, because uh, if you've ever tried to play something loud enough so that your friends can hear, it's already it's already pretty darn low, so... Well, they've made the speakers louder while you, they were doing that. You're, you're contradicting yourself, Alex. <laughs> we need to go back this to is, the, to this the is drunk progress. truck story. <laughs> Kevin, have you, they have speaker grills on the 13-inch model now. Speaker grills, Kevin! <laughs> the, think about how much louder things will be now that there's holes for the sound to escape through. No, that's crazy. He, no, because yeah, you got the reverb. Great. You need you just need empty. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so the new MacBook Pros are out, uh, and they have replaced the function, the dead function keys from the IBM terminal days uh with an OLED bar, uh a touch screen. So a really thin touch screen no, that Alex, runs along Alex, the top no, no, of your don't keyboard. Gloss over this. They did not just eliminate the function keys. 
they eliminated the uh, power button as well, and they replaced it with a fingerprint Alex, sensor. Alex, I'm going to push yeah, you on it, this. They eliminated the power button and the function keys and some other stuff. Like what, Kevin? Like the escape key, Alex. Yeah, so Kevin's very upset that they made the escape key a digital button. It's not. I don't no, understand. It, it is a terrible, terrible idea. I sent you. There's a picture. Click the link. I did there's click a link the in the link. show notes. I cl- there is a very obvious escape key right there. No, there's not, Alex. This is it's this right is not there. an escape. This is not a key. Okay. This is a fine. This is a pretend. You know what? In, invisible thing. This is a key like the iPad has keys, Alex. Whatever. Fine. You, you clearly are not a fan of this particular model. No, uh, I'm not. So here, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to sh- send you a picture of the model that you're going to buy. Uh, <laughs> I don't what know how. What makes you think I'm going to buy some MacBook? Because you have a current MacBook and you like technology and make enough money that you're going to upgrade. I don't apologize. I'm getting a little bit of lag off of you on Skype. So for those watching the video version of the of the stream, either now or uh, later, I apologize for that. Not really sure what's up. I think my internet's being weird. Uh, it could be that my computer doesn't exist. Aha, uh-huh, that's right. Alex, go get your iMac back. It is in Indiana. Sweet. I'm near. I'll go fetch it for you. Ship it back. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, I'm the, here to help. The fans are running a bit weird. I don't know if it understands that it's a computer, to be honest. <laughs> uh, moving on. Yeah, so these new MacBooks... Uh, are I mean, gorgeous. That is the big thing. Is they they have replaced a bunch of hardware keys with a digital OLED uh, touch interface instead of making yes. the screen. Well, on some models, so you can still buy a model with function keys. I've sent you a link on on Twitter. If you look at your Twitter direct okay. messages, thank you. I was going to be like, you a link. I can't. Oh shoot! I didn't. I didn't. I forgot to tweet out the the tweet I prepped. To sh- <laughs> I'm dumb. Oh, and I did tweet it out. Oh, good. oh okay. you thank have you. failed. Okay. So if you look at your Twitter direct messages, Kevin, and if you look in the show notes, other people, that is the model. Uh, it's only available in 13 inch. Um, so the 15 inch, you have to get the OLED bar. But the 13 inch mm-hmm. model has just, you a know, very a giant escape, escape button. Key. It's, it's far larger than it is on the... on the, it, it's, uh, the it's the height that's concerning me. I mean, it's, it's possibly <laughs> it's passable. Larger, it's larger than the one on the computer you're using right now. It, okay, let me ask you this. How often do you use Tilda? All the time. How often do you use Caps Lock? Almost never. If there was a key you were going to remove, you take you, you yeah. take your standard keyboard, there was the a key you were going is... to remove. The, the power button, sure. I can I can see you doing that. Make that an entirely software thing. It's still bad because you need to interrupt. Actually, that's a big concern. What happens when your Mac freezes up? How are you going to turn it off? You're not. You're going to die penniless and homeless <laughs> and hate yourself. The function key, I could see getting rid of. I could see the saying, power We're button make is this actually a still a button. Modifier. The power button is, is, I believe, is still a button. Um, it's oh, okay. not part of it. Like it, the display sort of terminates with the fingerprint sensor. So I don't believe the display is integrated with the fingerprint sensor. And I think the fingerprint sensor is okay. still a physical button. Okay. Um, I, I believe. I, I know it does something really cool that when you open up the MacBook, mm. it turns on the computer. So like. It assumes that when you open the computer, you're going to use it, so Who, it just what, turns what it on. Ridiculous, in what ridiculous world is that true? <laughs> all of them. Um, no, so, I've been so to all the, of the them. big thing, because obviously this has been a story floating around on Twitter for the past, because this was leaked kind of the day before that the escape key was going away, this OLED thing was was showing up. Well, um, this was leaked months ago, actually. Okay, I noticed it last yesterday. So I noticed that you noticed it, but cool. it was leaked months ago. It um, was leaked by Apple yesterday. One thing I'm not a big fan of OLED. I'm not. I'm not a fan of. I, I mean, I, this and this is just a personal thing. I don't like lit keys. I don't like distractions down where I'm trying to type. I want to look at the screen and not be distracted by whatever. That, but that's that's a me thing, and that's fine. The lack of escape key seems like a very weird design decision, and I know that the escape key is not a commonly used thing, but. There is a big difference in physical keys versus digital pseudo keys. Are and you going to take that the, image down? What's that? Oh, sorry. Sure. Sure. Fine. Fine. Because I'm gesturing. Like, I'm emphasizing. Which none of you could see. I That's couldn't good. see that. Cool. Well, just imagine the most amazing gestures. Like, okay. I'm, you know, okay. The big difference between physical keys and digital pseudo keys 
is that you cannot develop the muscle memory because they the they are not always consistent. Yeah. The positioning is not consistent, and especially because the OLED, the the one of the big things that they're they're touting is that the OLED display can change and be context sensitive. So if you're video editing, it can show a little thing of the timeline, and you can scrub the timeline. It can have buttons that are relevant yeah, to the that thing is that you're super doing. Cool. Um, I really in, like. You know, sort of like the not the DOS keyboard, but the the you know the the various keyboards that have you know the, the fancy gamer keyboards that you know the display will change or the or the mappings will change you know based on whatever it is that you're doing things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem, though, is then you don't get to memorize that physically. The The muscle memory doesn't get to be there because there's there's no tactile feedback and the positioning changes based on based on context. Now, I understand that for a lot of people, you don't use escape on a regular basis. I personally yeah. do because I'm a programmer and that's a okay. That's a weird. Is that just because you use Vim? It's no, is, I don't think it really like it is certainly I use it because I use them, but though I don't really use escape as I have different mappings that I use to escape in Vim. Okay, so what do you use it in? Because I only use it in Vim. The thing that I use escape for, and it's a big it's a big thing, is is canceling actions. I'm not control C? No, not in a in a command line sense, then sure you use control C for whatever. Um, sure. But for example, let's say that I'm starting to rename something and go, oh no, that's the wrong file. Or I am, I'm focusing in, in some particular field or whatever the case, the, the escape button is very important that it cancels whatever you're currently doing. Okay. And I don't know that I've ever used it in that exact capacity. So like if you, if you are, um, it is, I mean, it will generally, if you're in a modal dialogue that has an OK cancel button, you hit escape. It, it is the equivalent of clicking cancel. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. If you're in a form field and you need to unfocus from that form field for whatever reason, if you are renaming something or retitling something or you've started, I mean, it's just kind of the generic like, oh, shoot, I started doing something, but that's not quite right. Hit cancel. Yes. Um, I guess. You just start tweeting something. You decide, oh, I don't want to tweet that. You hit escape and the and the tweet goes away. Um, I, it's I mean, just a, it's I often just, just click off the box. Yeah, but then you have to use I, the mouse. I guess. I get. I get. I can see. I, I. I don't think I use that in my usual workflow, but I can understand if like you're used to hitting escape, then that could be an issue. But escape is still going to be there. Like sort of. You you can customize it to always be there from the look of the customization software. Like you mm. can have it always where it is now. But it's um, not going to be a physical key, which is. Different. No, it will not be a physical key. And it actually, somewhat surprisingly to me, does not have physical feedback. So right. the Macs and the iPhones have this really cool thing called the Taptic Engine. Um, the Macs use it in their trackpads. So when you click their trackpad, you don't physically like move a button. You don't like press a button. It just senses that you're putting more pressure on it and it vibrates a little motor. Um, right. It's a very, it's it's not really a motor. It's a little electromagnetic thing right. um, that can vibrate and it can vibrate very, very precisely and in very, very precise, like tunable ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like you're pressing a button. It's scary good how well it feels like you're well, pressing I mean, my, a button. My, my Nexus has the same, has that same thing. Every time I have, hit have a key. Have you used the new like trackpads that have this though? Like, cause it's some, they have it on the iPhone and it's pretty good cause I have it for the home button. Right. Um, but on the trackpads, it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's just because they have a much larger, like, vibrator for it. So it can just reproduce a whole different, like, I remain, range of I, I mean, because I've, I've used, I mean, because I play with other people's phones and stuff. Like, I've, I've, I've like, I've, I know the, the iPhone t- uh, um, haptic stuff. Yeah. I still remain skeptical, just based off of the stuff that I've experienced. I remain skeptical that there will ever be something that can just be a replacement for the physical tactile feedback. And I understand I mean, it that doesn't, I'm, I'm probably in just the, the minority use case for this. Like yeah. I use, I use a mechanically keyboard. Like I'm using yeah. like, and it, they're like cherry keys. Like they're, it's a, it's yeah, you're using that and that's fine. For me, it bothers the heck out of me to not have the actual response and it slows me down yeah. um, significantly. Okay. Um, I, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's the thing. The thing that I think that sort of I don't know. So, so escape as a cancel action, it feels like that is a utility that is a universal that is used across all sorts of applications. If you're playing a video game and you go, "Oh, I need to go to the main menu," 
I need to pause or go to the main menu. What key are you going to hit? Uh, pause. Okay. Did they did they have uh, a pause? Now I got to look. Did they did they keep a pause button? Nope. They they got rid of that a long time well, ago. Well, you could have a pause button. You could have, a, but that's what escape is meant to be. It's the hey, stop doing whatever's going on. It is the term, <laughs> cancel action or terminate action or pause or just sh- jump up a context because whatever I'm doing right now. I, I would don't press P. I would press P for pause. <laughs> I would never press escape to pause something. Re- I'm Alex. I'm almost positive you have done this. Like you play pause? like you play like civilization or whatever. You need to go to the main menu. You need to like save and quit. What button do you hit when you're in the game? Yeah, but like escape exits the game like an Undertale. When you hit Und- escape, but, but it starts Undertale, to exit that's, the game. That is weird. That is atypical. What Undertale ought I mean, to do is yeah. pause and give civilization, you a little Civilization, you're right. You hit escape and it brings you back. Just it about every you back game, a though, menu. the majority of games... I, I guess I guess I don't. That's the case. I mean, I guess it's it's possible that you I don't click play the mouse a lot of and you have games. things where there where there are buttons in the top right or something, and you 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 have some way to access them in you that yeah. way. But if you're relying on keyboard shortcuts, escape is almost universally used that way. Um, if you are filling out some field, um, or are you renaming a file, or you're starting to type something and you hit escape, it cancels that action. It goes, okay, you started doing something. You right? No, 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 wait, stop, stop. Um, so it is just yeah. a, a universal thing that I guess for me. Like, this has been something I've been learned. Like, this is a, a a mapping that I've been learning since I was four years old. Yeah. And the idea that there's not sort of a replacement for that seems kind of kind of odd to me. So, okay. So, I, I think you're absolutely right on that you can't remember. Like, for, for tactile feedback and for, like, muscle memory, totally agree. Like, mm. you're going to have a much harder time uh going and being able to instinctively and intuitively go up and hit that button and know that it's always going to be there and mm. know what it feels like. I agree. But I think what you gain from that is that in all of those situations, you're going like the escape button is going to be there if it needs to be there. And if it's not there, it's going to be replaced with something that's more useful and more specific. So instead of like in Undertale, it's saying escape, it's going to say exit. And next to it, it could have a menu button. Like possibly, I mean, possibly, if all if every software developer designs something for the Mac OLEDs display, then I agree with you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's no, and I don't think they are either. But when it's not when it's not there, it it has a default layout that has that escape button. It's it right. when it does not being directly driven to do other things, it's going to have the escape button. And I'll agree that the escape button that's going to be there is not going to be as tactile or as muscle memoryable. Right. No, I think the, the thing the thing for me is I think it's more just that um as a key, it is one of the most universal. If you're if you're if you launch up a new a new game or you launch up a new you know whatever software, um you know, if if, mm-hmm. if you're learning a new game, then you have to learn. Okay, this is a this is a WASD game, and F is to interact, or maybe spacebar is to interact, or maybe T is to toggle, or you know, you you learn all these various mappings. Yeah. If I were going to pick keys that I think are this is universal, and I as a user can predict exactly what this is going to do, regardless of of interface, and it's most consistent. Sure, um, the enter key sure. is probably the lead, right? Like if you were gonna yeah. if you were gonna pick like the key yeah. that you. Like you, you, someone sits you down in front of a program and you have no idea what the program is or what it does, and you're trying to predict what's going to happen when I hit these keys. I think the entry key is probably the biggest one. The backspace yeah. key is probably up there pretty close as well. The arrow keys yeah. are up there. Sure. I think the escape key is up there as well, more so than just about any other key. But And so having I, removing I that agree as just with a universal experience seems very odd to me. But it's only removing it as a universal experience when it's being replaced by something more specific. So it has a it has a general use case, and in that general use case, you're absolutely right. And for every program that it doesn't have a specific use case programmed for it, you'll still have the escape key. It'll be right where it's always been, if albeit a little bit harder to hit. Uh, but what you gain from that is the ability to replace it for more specific actions. When you can, like uh, the, the the trade-off of not being able to eat quickly and easily is tell that you hit it, which I agree is potentially a downside. It's not a downside that really affects me, but I can understand how it could affect for you is that y- you're, you can swap it out 
for something that is more specific. But here's like the, we're not getting rid of the escape key. No, it's still there. But unless there's something better. The, well, be the, the thing, place. the thing, and, the, and this is I, part of the thing is I don't see. So I mean, I can I can understand these as arguments for like here's how to cope with the lack of an escape key. <laughs> like to, not to, not to degrade your argument. Um, Honestly, I'd I'd have been I if I think if they were going to do this, they should have gotten rid of Tilda and put escape where Tilda is and put Tilda on the OLED or made or I made disagree. a mapping for Tilda. I disagree. Um, but I have secret reasons to disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't tell. There, there there are things I use Tilda for that I can't reveal. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I if you're using Adobe Suite, then you use Tilda to maximize and minimize stuff as well, um, or to capitalize and decapitalize text in Vim. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Um, anyway, the the thing for me um, is that the the OLED display is not a value add at all. I understand. I, I how, disagree with I that I understand concept. how for some people it is, but mm-hmm. the idea for me with a keyboard specifically, with a with a touch interface, is that the the slowest thing. And this is I'm stealing a little bit from Gary Bernhardt, who does this wonderful um, screencast talking about programming and various stuff, but I'm going to sort of repurpose some of the stuff he was arguing for here, um, is that the slowest thing that you can do is have to read something. Like if you're trying to get work done and you have to read something to figure out what to do next, that, that sucks. The, the, and when you have an OLED display, that means that you can't touch type. You can't touch type with that interface because you have to know or memorize. You don't type with the function keys. What's that? Like you don't type with the function keys. That doesn't. It that doesn't. That doesn't matter. It's not just a matter of of QWERTY being predictable. You're still using these escape keys. You know, you you type something, you copy, then you then you Alt Tab or Command Tab or whatever, and then you okay. you click all so these various here, here's, buttons. Here's a these question, operations though. are things that are not just like okay, I'm writing words and this slows me down. If it if this was just like a, I want to be Hemingway, then yeah, the OLED doesn't block me from doing that. But in the sense so, so of, the question of is, having commands. Um, would it be a value add if it didn't replace the escape key? So if it if it was sandwiched between the where it is now, but it's just it started after the escape key. So the escape key still there, but then you have the rest of the row as an OLED. For for me, honestly, it wouldn't. Um, and, and okay. I know that I'm I'm I guess for for some people is some people like I don't having know that it is displays on their keyboards, right? I mean, there's some people that like you know physical keyboards with that have little LED displays that can show them context relevant stuff. For me, that's right. a distraction because I don't want to be looking in very like I actually if I have, specifically I have bought a keyboard, monitors, which is good. Like, but then it's clear that I'm doing like a significant context switch. I don't like to run yeah. multiple things at the same time on a bunch of monitors because I don't want to be moving my head all the time. Okay. But small screens okay. to me, like external small screens to me, don't provide value in a way that they may for some. So, I mean, I, th- I, th- I, I can, I, I believe it adds value. I'm not having used it, I'm not sure if that's the case, right? Like, I've ordered mine. I will be happy to provide. Some, well, maybe I won't be. I don't know. Um, uh, like, I, I will be happy to update people with my opinion uh, of it. I imagine it will be useful in some circumstances and that it will be a thing, but I don't use the function keys as they are now. So like I never, ever, ever hit function. Like I, I, and I, I don't and I agree. I rarely hit function. I, I use function now with, uh, with XSplit on my windows machine. Um, but I, I very rarely used the function keys on, uh, on my Mac. Right. Right. Um, so but like be fair, that the was concept because I could never remember whether I was supposed to hold function and hit the function keys or just hit the function. Like I never remember which you, way you they hold, were mapped. And you so hold you function. just train yourself yeah. out of that. Um, but like even I never, I never ever use the function keys. So replacing it with something that seems more useful mm. is sounds like a win to me. It, how much more useful it winds up, how, more, how much more often I use that function, the, the touch bar, mm. as they call it, versus the function keys remains to be seen, but I have hopes. I will say I will say this. If it was, if they replaced this with something that was just um, like a media scrubber and a bu- if it was some fixed layout, I would probably find some value in that. Hmm. Which is, which there I know, is, which I know is weird. Um the I like the the I the idea that like if it was just a media scrubber and like all right I know what this is always going to do I know physically where this is always going to be and what the response is no, going to be. No, I understand I that. You don't want to look down. That would provide more that, value to me. 
Um, yeah. Using using a keyboard. I mean, to me, otherwise, and to, to grossly exaggerate, it'd be like a keyboard that is sometimes in QWERTY and is sometimes in Dvorak layout. Like I can I, I mean, use I get both, what you're saying. but I, now I have to, the now problem I have is, to look and make sure. So on a desktop experience, I agree. And I don't think there, there's some people who want this to be put in the wireless keyboard that they make. And mm. I disagree because on a wireless keyboard, like sometimes you have it on your lap or sometimes you have it like on your desk, but it's never going to be like near the monitor. This tiny strip that's, that's, is not what? separated. Like, but but the, the physical difference between the bottom of your display and the start mm. of this touch bar is less than an inch, right? So when you're looking at the display, it will always be in your peripheral. So I will be like, I will be you, interested. I, I, I was wondering about that as to whether that'll be true when you like if you if you touch type if you have your keys perched with your rounded fingers and everything like that, are you blocking the LED display? I'd be interested to know that once you get it. Yeah, I, um, I don't think so because the the number buttons. Uh, like I think like maybe one finger might be in the way. Um, and I have the computer set up at a weird angle right now. Cause I'm like, I'm using a separate keyboard. Mm. So I think even when I pull it back, um, so I, I do believe it's going to be in my, uh, my peripheral. And I think I'll be able to understand like the certain context as soon as I get used to certain apps, like right. Final Cut is going to go into a sort of configuration that has a scrubber. And I think I will be able to see without looking directly at the scrubber, like that that's the scrubber and that's roughly where it is. And then and be I, able to, and I, and I loved, along. and I loved being able to scrub with the, with the touchpad on the, on the Mac. Um, yeah. For, for oh, both yeah, Final Cut fantastic. and for Logic. It's just, oh my gosh. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Just, this is, this is intuitive. It's physically, I was in the same place and I know that behavior. I guess my fear is that this is offloading a bit more working memory tasks to the user that is not necessary. And I guess it's possible. I, I don't know. I also just, I just, the escape thing. I don't know. Certainly I've seen a lot of, a lot of anger from Vim developers. Although yeah, you can, <laughs> you can use, if you're a Vim user, I apologize to everyone who is not a Vim user, which probably comprises a hundred percent of our podcast. If you're a Vim user, you can use control C. Uh, control C is not perfect. It does do an interrupt. So if you're doing complex things, it will cancel like the interaction of a plugin. But if you remap Control C to escape, then you're fine. You can also use Control and left uh, Control and open brace will also go to escape. Mm. Yep. Other than that, people generally put in, uh, well, will often put in custom escape codes into their configs, which is not always fun if you're remoting into other people's servers and trying to fix things there, because then you're like, what? The keys don't work the way I expected them to. Anyway, that's so Vim users. It's it's not ideal, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and it's really funny. So Apple specifically took like 10 seconds out of their keynote to say, and terminal is updated too with support for the magic touch bar or the, the touch bar. <laughs> so they, they literally brought terminal up like Phil Schiller, like the CEO or the co-president of Apple design uh, or hardware manufacturing was like, and terminal guys, look. <laughs> um, and of course, it, nobody, it had uses the the Apple, nobody uses Max terminal. I do. People use iTerm, Alex. No, I, I, iTerm I like is the way the, to go. Terminal. Also, uh, Spoo has apparently best heard part... of Vim, so uh, approximately forty percent of our audience is familiar with Vim. <laughs> Great. Um, don't don't try so and do the, the math. The, I brought up. Yeah, I won't. I brought up Terminal uh, because it has a really funny button. So one of the one of the digital buttons that gets put on the the toolbar mm. when you launch Terminal is a man page button. Right. So like, that's do you amazing. Use, do you use man pages? I I do occasionally. Yeah, I find them to be very like almost never useful. Just because I I need usage well, examples, right? Like generally when I have when I need a man pages, man pages sometimes, have used. Sometimes I'm like, what is the flag that does this thing? Yeah. Like, what is the little key that you know? What is the yeah. what is the dash A or whatever that I need I to pass to it? Man pages are useful when you have a working like I don't think they're very good from going to zero to sixty, right. but once but going from like thirty to sixty, they're great. <laughs> you have like I've run the program without error, but now how do I make it do this and this and this? Right, right. like uh, yeah. Man, man pages, by the way, uh, are are basically documentation for command line tools. For those who are not familiar, um, they're they're kind of. They've existed since time immemorial, <laughs> and yeah, um, they. T I mean, they tend to be written at a pretty high level of like we are not going to explain 
what this is doing or why you would use it. We're going to explain like very technically what's up. Yeah. Which can yeah. be, yeah. which can be challenging. Um, yeah. And so for me, I find that I, I, I'm always going to Google instead of, instead of looking at man pages. I feel bad about that. I feel like I should be better about parsing man pages, but so often I'm just like, I don't know what this is. I can't understand the first three paragraphs of this documentation. Okay. All right. So that's the, so that, yeah. So that's the new MacBook. Are you going to buy one? Uh, no. You're not? No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't use a MacBook anymore. I have a work MacBook, um, that I use. Right. Although I think depending on, depending on requirements that I may not, I may not, uh, continue on the, on the Mac ecosystem. Oh, all right. Um, So, uh, that's a no. I have pre-ordered a 15 inch. I have, I'm, I'm going from the, the 13 inch that I have now to the 15 inch. Interesting. So the the 13 inch too small. Well, so when I bought the 13 inch, I was in school and I was going back and forth between school and uh, home. Okay. I now have a work laptop that lives at the office. And so this just basically lives in my room. Uh, and then when I go travel, but like the the 13 inch now is close to the same size as the new 15 inches. Right. Uh, and it's close to the same weight. So... I'm not really losing anything in terms of portability. I'm just gaining more screen real estate. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're not going to be carrying it around all the time, then there's not yeah. this huge amount of it. The only time I, I've literally removed it from this room is when I travel. Mm. Uh, and my and my travel bag has a slot that's big enough for 15. I still don't really 15. have a good solution for travel, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I can take my work yeah. laptop for work things, but... Basically, if I'm doing if I'm doing personal stuff, like I've got my beefy desktop with my multiple monitors, my external keyboards, and my yeah. and, and digital that's the other thing and all that junk. Yeah, my work laptop is also a 13, so I I feel like it's redundant to have two 13 inches. Oh, true. I might as well have a 13 and a 15. That's true. Um, my work laptop is sadly not a Mac, but uh, <laughs> I could I can I can remote back to it if I wanted to. That's fair. Oh man. All right. Uh and and final news before we immediately end the podcast, Vine is dead. Goodbye. <laughs>